Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 133 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. Joining me on the podcast today is Nikhil. He's popularly referred to as Crick Crazy Nick on Twitter and he thinks predicts and tweets about cricket 24 bar 7. He's a legendary fantasy cricket expert with over 7 years of experience in the field. He has also been in the field of cricket coverage for the last 10 years and has done a variety of roles in cricket coverage right from text commentary to churning out data pieces for tournaments to handling player profiles on social media and he has also worked with famous publications like Wisden India, News 18 to curate content on cricket. Basically, he has 4 plus years of experience in text commentary, 4 plus years of experience in cricket content management, 3 plus years of experience in social media management and 7 plus years of experience in fantasy cricket. Without further ado, let's hop on to understand more about his journey. Hi Nikhil. Welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. Really excited to have you here and eagerly looking forward to the conversation ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure connecting to people with uh, good minds. <laughs> Thank you so much sir. And uh, let's just kick start the discussion about what got you first interested in cricket. You can talk about yourself as a cricket fan and also about some of your early memories of the sport. uh to me uh i think cricket was always like a friend uh you know growing up i used to stammer a lot i still do but it's far far less now it's like 0.01% but uh i didn't make much friends because uh, i would stammer and then i would be the butt of all jokes so it it kind of made me always the uh, you know lonely guy sitting in the corner trying to do his stuff and suddenly there was this game that i used to see people play and i was like okay this is interesting hmm. let's notice what is happening let's see what what i can do uh funny enough i would i they would not allow me to play because uh you know they'll be then made joke of so oh. i was like it's okay i am happy to observe uh, i think that's what first got me into you know uh, get being involved in something where i was not being laughed at so i think that was the essence why it it stuck with me for so long that uh, it came to me when i needed it the most so mm-hmm. which is why i'm very uh, of course rightly named uh, uh, crick crazy uh, <laughs> because it's what it it's what has held me together through all the difficult phases all the phases of my life in terms of whatever if i want to do something i always try and relate it to a cricket situation and uh, suddenly i have the answer so uh, that and also of course see cricket is played everywhere uh, in india uh, and uh, in every gully you go there is some form of cricket being played so i played a lot apart from school but in my area uh, after a while and then i would just sit and notice you know how mm-hmm. my uncle uh, i would be the i would he, i would be the guy uh, who would commentate on the match in terms of okay this is happening now this is happening and that way i got to know the game uh more in terms of okay i was watching a lot of it and i think that is what has stayed with me for a long period of time right and you know how is it like you know playing cricket in your school or gully cricket for that matter and what are some of your fondest memories of the same uh i think school cricket was not as much but uh, i played a lot in my uh, gully cricket and terrace cricket as we call it <laughs> uh and uh, because there was this rule that the person who will hit the ball out of the terrace has to get it down mm-hmm. 
and we would play on the fifth floor so i had perfected the art of not letting the ball bounce off my bat <laughs> so i would just block everything or uh, ensure that the ball never left the terrace even if i wanted to hit a four or a six uh, you know playing a lot of terrace cricket helped me get sweeps reverse sweeps all of that so it's fun when you see okay, uh, okay now it is becoming common but in gully cricket all this was common way before it was mainstream <laughs> right and uh, growing up who is your favorite cricketer this can be male or female and who is it currently uh, i think growing up uh, was because i i never had the power uh, kind of stuff to you know bludgeon the ball uh, everywhere i always found the touch players more uh, uh, fascinating to watch so it began with rahul dravid uh, again because i could defend so i felt very proud that okay uh, you know i can block a ball <laughs> which many others can't and they they want to hit so uh, it started with him and then came this uh, you know long haired uh, guy keeping the wickets got run out on the on his debut and i was like oh my god how do you start a career like that and then uh, life has been the rest is history so that's ms yeah. and uh, i i like i i admire a lot of folks for the stuff they do mm-hmm. uh, but i don't think anybody can match the impact that ms uh, has had over me uh, as a person it's not it's more about how he captain how he led and his quotes are something i try to live by uh, you know and uh, it doesn't make me worship him or something but it is just uh, some people leave a lot of impact on you Mm-hmm. and that person uh, to for me was was in i think will remain ms absolutely i mean dhoni has had that impact on all of us and he's been such a uh, iconic skipper yeah. too and if you had to yeah. look back and you know reflect on some of your favorite matches of all time what's coming right at the top of your head uh right at the top will definitely be uh, pujara century in colombo yes uh, mm-hmm. 2015 uh, he opened the batting uh, loved pujara and uh, carried his bat got india series win and that was my first overseas test uh, uh, you know as a as a as an observer as a watcher so i think that is right up top and apart from that i've witnessed many ipl games but the second game i would call would be chris gale century against england in the 2016 world cup mm-hmm. uh, that was the first international game that i watched with my wife and uh, that was a great start i mean i had i taken it to any other game i don't know <laughs> how it would have gone but that is just set the standards very high now <laughs> right and uh, do you have any other you know fond memories of having gone to a stadium to watch the match and how was that experience like any other ones that's coming at the top of your mind right now so uh, thankfully luckily there are plenty of uh, such experiences in terms of be jusu patan's 100 uh you know for rajasthan i was very lucky to see that mm-hmm. i almost missed it because the rest of my friends went away but i was like no i don't want to i'll stay till the end because like paisa bhara hai to let's see <laughs> let's wait till the end of the match and not go early mm-hmm. so uh, that was a great knock to witness uh then there was this uh, game with the pune warriors where the match got 119 was defended off sorts mm-hmm. so uh, that was also a very good game then of course 2018 was the season where i covered as a journalist uh, the entire season and uh, from from vankade so there were crazy matches that season you saw bravos uh, uh, crazy uh, batting against bumrah you had fafs masterclass in the qualifier 
so uh, again yeah 2018 the entire season was special but apart from that yes those uh, the yusuf patan game was also very special to watch wow i mean i can understand that you're a big cricket fan but you are an it engineering graduate by profession so how did you make a shift you know writing about cricket and eventually you know curating content on social media how did all of that happen um i think i'm only uh, i i will not even call it it by profession it is just by degree uh, <laughs> i have never done anything uh, even remotely close to working in an it firm mm-hmm. uh, again purely because it it is something that never uh, uh, attracted me uh, i do feel had i studied much better i would have done much better things but i was never interested into in uh, you know getting uh, into coding and all of that mm-hmm. i was always fascinated by cricket and uh, luckily enough because i got internships in my third year only and mm-hmm. they they were paid internships so you know i could uh, find a way to you know fight with my parents that uh, mm-hmm. uh, let me go into this let me go into this because back then it was still not a mainstream thing to be huh. done like i'm talking 2010 huh. 2009 2010 11 so it was still not a uh, like a cool thing or a in thing to do that okay let's go and work in a uh, a sports field they were odd hours and whatever that is so those challenges were always there and uh, my father would always quip me uh, in every Uh, every month that are you sure you don't want to do it are you sure you don't want to do this uh, maybe you'll get maybe you'll get paid a lot more and i was like uh, i want to be happy mm. and i'll take whatever it takes for me to be happy uh, coding doesn't make me happy so that's it and he was like dude life is not that simple and i was like <laughs> okay let, let let me try if i if i get along i get along if not we'll find a way out right and uh, you know you have also worked with famous publications like wisden india news 18 so how was that experience like uh, i'll say those have been one of my best and it it's also had some of my worst uh, days mm-hmm. uh, in this field uh, purely in terms of the experiences because uh, a when you work with famous publications you know there is a chance to make a mark in terms of uh, the kind of people you work with uh, you know you are in access with more players you get to know the game a lot more and sometimes you know you get to the other side of the field as well where you realize that you know uh, corporate jobs are not easy uh, mm-hmm. everybody doesn't always do what's right they do what's easy so it's a call that they can take uh, i'm someone who always i am a potterhead so i always go by the line that of uh, dumbledore that you should always do what's right and not mm-hmm. what's easy mm-hmm. so uh, maybe that is stuck with me for the right or wrong reasons but uh, yes great experiences in terms of uh, getting to know players getting to know insights uh, there are so many spicy stories that i know that if i start to reveal them on podcast <laughs> then i will be i'll have more engagement than most of the publications but again mm-hmm. um, i think i'll i'll obviously respect that uh, uh, information because it was shared with me right. in a different capacity so uh, uh, but yes i'll be very uh, honest that i was privileged to be part of some really uh, good uh, organizations in terms of getting to know the people behind the field that you know how would an, how would a brand lara think about the game off mm-hmm. camera how would an ashish tera think uh, a michael clark uh, a gautam gambhir an anil kumble so uh, always great to chat with people and you kind of 
resonate that okay why the game is so special for you because it still makes you mad about it mm-hmm. so uh, that was a very good experience to have uh, uh, while we go along right so you've had the experience of the journalism sphere and career wise at the moment what do you do and how do you balance it all you know by being such an ardent cricket fan you follow all the series your twitter is you know so active with such insightful observations and everything so how do you manage it all uh, i think my life's revolved around cricket from a very young age uh, mm. ever since we had good internet uh, i have always scheduled my day in terms of the matches on that day <laughs> so if there's a test match starting 9:30 uh, nobody has to wake me up an australia test or a new zealand test nobody has nobody has to put an alarm for me to get up mm. well, it just happens to me i have never got up before 11 for studies but uh, for an australia test match i get up by 4:30 to watch the toss so it's it's maybe you, some things are just i don't know they may they are destiny or something but some things just come very naturally to you so uh, i think watching cricket is come very naturally to me Hmm. and it is probably my comfort zone to say uh, so you know if i if there is no match in a day i am very paranoid i am overthinking and uh, i am thinking putting myself in unimaginable scenarios and then wondering what i'll do so hmm. uh, i feel watching the game is much better space for me to be in and uh, of course and now that i'm married uh, there are different responsibilities as well mm-hmm. but uh, thankfully my wife has been very supportive of me uh, because she knows that matches happen at very odd hours so uh, you have to balance out a lot of it i have a daughter as well she is very fond of cricket obviously because wow. her dad watches it almost hmm. 24/7 <laughs> so uh, if i if i sleep late she's like okay i think you saw the match it's okay you take rest so mm-hmm. i think that's a very good uh, space to be in but uh, i do take timely breaks now i think that is something that i've learned uh, the hard way from my uh, work days that uh, sometimes a lot of us spend too much time chasing money mm-hmm. uh, and don't end up utilizing the period that we are in uh, the phase that we are in and then we are, we are wondering that okay we maybe we'll do it out later but mm-hmm. i think covid has uh, shown that to us that life's really very short and uh, i think it's it's important to find that balance that you don't go all baseball mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> you have to find a balance in between uh sorry i just had to get that out of me uh, <laughs> you have to find a way of uh, doing what you love hmm. but also respect people uh, who are very caring and uh, are always always thinking good about you uh, i think it's a reciprocal thing hmm. uh, you give you get what you give so i think in that way i try and balance it out by whenever there are no matches with thankfully there are very less but mm-hmm. whenever there is such a case i try and take a few days off in terms of work as of now like i stopped full time working last year okay. because i found it very taxing on my mental health in terms of uh, you know again same period chasing money uh, chasing quantity over quality uh, and i felt that okay maybe it's time to take a break hmm. and luckily enough that i got good amount of work from fantasy video content uh, so that has kept me surviving till now Mm-hmm. uh now again now i had a great ipl uh, touchwood just like gujarat titans hopefully uh some good work will also come along before the open then will be good absolutely you know such lovely insights here and uh, also i love the cricketing analogy you brought about with baseball <laughs> but uh, could you also you know talk at length about uh, the fantasy cricket ecosystem and how does it you know work in india 
to me, I think it it is literally changed the way uh, cricket is being consumed. I think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it is it is continue to grow. It's 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 continuing to grow at a speed that I don't think many saw coming. Mm-hmm. A lot of it does go down to the uh, internet boom we had with Jio in terms of how cheap and accessible firstly internet was and then when you realize that when you have so many people watching the game and you realize that okay there is a chance of making a money out of it uh, no no person is going to leave that chance go by hmm. at least without trying so i think that way uh, there are a lot of folks now a lot of them have made very good careers so that's good for the game it's taking the game to newer audiences and sometimes what the stuff that you will not remember you will because of fantasy hmm. like okay i didn't take this guy and this guy scored a 100 but when i pick him he doesn't maybe you start to observe uh, uh, salient small things about the game even more uh, because you are actively involved while playing fantasy when and when you are at the start of it you do feel that okay maybe it's impacting how you watch the game hmm. but uh, eventually if the if you love the game more i think everything takes care of itself so I think it's an industry that's growing, uh, but there is a phase coming along now, uh, especially with the way uh, the taxation and all is being shaping up, uh-huh. uh, that if it does go down the route of, uh, you know, being taxed very heavily, mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll it'll crash down, it'll, it'll make this industry vanish uh, if it goes down that route, because you have to realize not every people, not everybody's playing fantasy because they have money. Hmm. they are playing fantasy because they want to get that big money hmm. and if you're going to stop them by putting so many hurdles in front of them people are not going to be interested those who have money will always play i don't think it's it's for them but that uh the portion of that public is very less it's in the minority hmm. while the majority of them are still trying to get a hold of okay how is it and what's that which is why uh, i think the course that i've done on fantasy it's also a good uh thing that people can take a look at huh. that uh, it it may sound very easy but uh, if you stay at it in if you stick to it just like every other work it needs discipline and efforts so if you can do that and you can stick to what you what works for you mm-hmm. uh, you will find a way out uh, in in this field as well right i think you also did curate the course for mad about sports right about uh, fantasy cricket so yes. could you talk about the modules and how it will be helpful for people who want to get into this world Yes, uh, uh, rightly picked that. Uh, yes, this was what I've done for Mad About Sports, where I've tried to break down why, uh, firstly, why we play fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, what are the things that we need to keep in mind, which we don't eventually after playing for a time and we realize that, okay, maybe we are just losing. So the point of the course is to make you independent of everything else, that you don't have to depend on others for their teams or insights. You have to pick what works for you. Uh, so like the mood courts of playing fantasy is fantasy actually means playing to your mind. Mm-hmm. What does your mind think will happen? Now, if you don't back that visualization of yourself and you're going to go by somebody else's visualization, what is the point of playing fantasy cricket? I mean, you are playing because you think something else will happen. And it is something that we do at a Chaika Tapri or a marketplace or a school or a college or a meeting that I think today this guy will score. I mm-hmm. think today that guy will score. So it's basically that, but with a lot more information that you can get now because of the 
internet that you can get to know the pitch conditions uh, you can know the player preferences so you can pick and choose your series uh, your tournaments that that you want to target what all are the factors that you should keep in mind when you want to play a particular uh, tournament from fantasy perspective so all that is covered in that entire course mm-hmm. and it also has uh, grand league tips where thankfully like you know the universe also knows that i will need funds so they try and help me out with a good small small amount of wins every now and then that should me that never change so that's also covered that how do i think about how do i think that differently to win the small amounts i'm yet to win a great crazy amount mm-hmm. i've come close but i'm able to survive because i have found what kind of works for me sometimes mm-hmm. so the now the challenge is to maintain it and i've also included that bit that how can you find what works for you and how do you maintain that thing so that you can be in this for a long time fair enough i mean you have been playing fantasy cricket for over 7 plus years now you have a total uh, win of you know over 60 lakhs touchwood and you also have won more than 20 plus grand leagues now if you had to uh, you know give an insight to our listeners on how you know what like according to you what is the appropriate age to you know join this fantasy world and eventually you know ascend to becoming an expert in this field i think there is uh, uh, there is no age uh, to start or stop or play this uh, what i do feel is very important before getting into this field is uh, knowing yourself through and through uh, just like it is on the field on for fantasy as well it's a mental game hmm. a lot of the times you will have horrible days and uh, again it is also something that i've covered in my course that how to have less horrible days so what's worked for me is having less horrible days over over a period of time hmm. and uh, that is why i've tried and tried and gained information that okay this is a particular set of series that i love that i like i am confident about them so my investment changes and then i get a good amount so for people to win and to stay in this i think it's very important to firstly realize that uh, it's not something that i'm depending on for my livelihood like it wasn't such for it wasn't the case when i began mm-hmm. so i think that, that is personally very important i have come to a stage where i feel that i have had enough backup for me to try this as a part time career option mm-hmm. so i think that stage coming to that stage where you have at least 3 to 4 income sources so that you don't have to worry about the investment i think for fantasy the primary thing is to enjoy the process and not take the results to heart that mm-hmm. you will win you will lose but you are playing fantasy because you love the process so i think to be in a stage where you enjoy the process you have to have enough backup that okay if things don't go right for you for two days or one week or one month you should still have enough balance left uh, with you that okay these are my personal needs these are catered to now whatever extra i have i will decide and divide here and then play hmm. so i think that is the primary i think uh, uh, advice that i'll give that Uh, of course it is financially very addictive but you have to manage it the only way to like it's like anything that you do in life it mm-hmm. has to be well managed well planned uh, if you go if you rush into it you will either be at a great stage or a bad stage if you are at a great stage nobody will bother or care because you are doing fine mm-hmm. but if you are on the other extreme you will have to find ways to cover that up so i think it's very important to firstly have that backup so that you know you're not always thinking about money and you are actually thinking about the game hmm. so that way maybe you'll enjoy 
the game better you will make better decisions and then you will make better teams as well eventually right that's actually such a good point you bring you know doing everything in moderation and not just you know getting too addicted to it but even when you like uh, you know conceptualize and think of making a certain team for, uh, like in the fantasy league do you like go by statistics or is it just your observations and do you feel this is very like luck based ki ek din chalega and dusra din you know it things may not just go your way oh uh, yeah of course you you will always have those days uh which is why it's another greek point that i've covered in the course that you know sometimes we think that let's go with data hmm. uh, but the data backfires when and you feel i always had this gut feel that you know this guy will fail today so straight away answer to that is why not play with team 2 then hmm. you know there's nobody stopping you from making an alternate team where you say okay india west indies third odi uh dhawan is looked rusty but what if he performs so maybe in team one you pick him and because you know that everybody else will also pick and you don't want to lose out but in team two you drop him hmm. and uh, you make a shreyas air captain or you make a suryakumar yadav captain whoever you feel will come good so basically what you're doing is you're trying covering two scenarios based on one big player now if that big player says rohit sharma or virat kohli or shikhar dhawan whoever that is that is where your gut feel comes into play that okay data tells me he might do okay but my gut feel is he'll definitely work or definitely flop so you can then make an alternate team too and then invest in such leagues where if that team clicks you're going to get handsomely rewarded hmm. so this as i said is also a part of my course where i explain how to invest differently with different teams that if it's a safe team how do you invest with the safe team if it's a risky team based on your gut feel how do you invest uh, with that so eventually the point is i think a lot of us mistake fantasy as trying to win big every day mm-hmm. uh, honestly it is not going to happen you will need luck for that but you can still have some returns every single day mm-hmm. and that is why it is a game of skill winning small amount every day is a game of skill as compared to say winning huge amounts is definitely a game of chance or luck mm-hmm. because maybe that's when you need ultra uh, you need to have the perfect game to win a big amount which may not always happen once in a year or once in a month as well so but smaller amounts smaller wins are definitely prof, uh, possible for that you'll need proper research proper planning that okay this is my database team this is my gut based team and this mm-hmm. is how i'm going to invest and then let's see how it goes and then there's always the constant uh, introspection that okay uh, the data said this but this happened so next time before trusting the data you have to be even more careful that okay was the sample size good enough Uh, or was it just a uh, based on one or two games or mm-hmm. who was playing you can average uh, now adam wogs averages 80 90 but what was the amount of time that he played cricket so that information is also very important that who he played where he played and all of that so looking at numbers is good but to be able to derive something from those numbers that okay this guy has great record but maybe that record came against a, a weaker side or maybe mm-hmm. he had less runs but he scored important runs so maybe that guy is actually more important so all of these will come once you start getting into the integrities of how you want to play i think that to me is the essence of uh, fantasy that deciding what works for you mm-hmm. based on how you want to play so once you identify that everything then slowly starts to fall in place beat luck uh, beat your teams your investment once you decide that okay this is how i'm going to play uh, so then everything just falls into place 
Right. Uh, that is a good point you bring. And uh, one last question about fantasy cricket that I had was there is this common misconception in India and I'm not sure if it's there abroad too about, you know, fantasy cricket not being the most legal thing. And, you know, there is some criticism that's directed at it. Uh, so how do you tackle, uh, you know, these misconceptions and the criticism that is directed at it? Uh, see, firstly, I don't care about the criticism. because it is legal it is approved by supreme court it's there on the it's there on the papers uh, that it is a game of skill again i think i just we just talked about how it is more a game of skill than chance uh-huh. yeah that what 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 you do uh, with in making a team you're not relying on luck you are relying on actual data actual analysis uh, that okay this is the wicket the spinners are likely to come good so you are picking chahal you're not just saying ki aaj chahal ka din hai aaj wo panch wicket lega so there is a different way to conceive or to you know conceptualize betting as compared to fantasy now of course it will overlap you will say fantasy is possibly a subset of betting hmm. but again uh, now we can only deal with what we have in front of us and uh, for now it is fantasy is legally legal i mean to put it in the <laughs> best possible way so hmm. i think there's no point thinking too much about, about it because no matter whatever you do or try there will always be a certain section that will not be happy with anything and everything you do mm-hmm. uh, so as long as it's legal and you are in a good space to carry that out for a longer period of time go ahead and do it the day something comes up that okay this is not legal then you have to think of other options right and thank you so much you know for shedding uh, light on fantasy cricket and uh, hopefully you know this should give our listeners to a lot of insights about fantasy cricket but let's move on to the next phase of our episode where we'll just dabble with some pertinent questions that have you know arisen in recent times now uh, there has been a lot of uh, criticism that you know odis are kind of losing their relevance it's getting very boring 8 hours 9 hour matches are just you know not uh, many people's cup of tea So, do you think ODIs are becoming irrelevant, and will we see them fading out some sometime soon? Hopefully not. Uh, I think a lot of people always uh, comment about the game. Like Test cricket has been dying ever since the day ODI cricket came into existence, hmm. but it is not dead yet because it's it's a format that demands its own uh, set of skills that are required, and I think that is something that has been needlessly. tinkered with in odis uh, be it the power plays be it the set of balls uh, i think if you keep changing something and then say that okay you've changed you're not doing what you are supposed to do mm-hmm. then why were you why were you constantly changing things did you make test match cricket from 5 days to 4 days did you break it down from 4 days to 3 days 3 days to 2 days no mm-hmm. you kept it at 5 days you kept it at red ball and it is working it is working because it has a different set of audience what has probably led to this stage of discussion is the overfeeding of t20 cricket mm-hmm. now uh, the administrators they hardly care about the game any which way they just want to fill their pockets so they know the best way to make quick money is from t20 cricket from t20 series from t20 leagues around the world which i think is a great thing for the audiences because they get to know newer players the game is going to newer audiences mm-hmm. but that but that doesn't mean that you disrespect the other two forms of the game and by disrespecting my point is in terms of how they are marketed hmm. now you take the example of how star makes an ad uh, for a test series how sky sports makes an ad for a test series or how cricket australia makes an ad for a test series 
there is only star is never selling the game star is just selling you revenge it is selling <laughs> you uh, domination and all of that propaganda Again, yeah it, yeah so it is possibly a way to reflect on the society as well that this is what we want to see which is not right but some somebody has to take that change and inform that it is it is about the game you have to start selling the game why is test cricket special why do people go and watch test cricket in england and not so much otherwise otherwise because there are so many factors in terms of the game the pitches uh, how it is played where it is played what time of the year you have to think about all of that that becomes very irrelevant for t20s hmm. good pitch good deck uh, good batters good bowlers you are in sometimes even the quality is not that good for an entire tournament yet people watch it because it's done in a quick time so i think that balance has to be sorted out that uh, maybe t20 might be your uh, uh, you know it might be the youngest sibling that is doing very well mm. but it doesn't mean that you neglect the uh, the eldest brother and the middle uh, middle sibling uh, brother sister whoever <laughs> that is mm. that you have to take care of everyone uh, odi cricket has to be played like odi cricket don't reduce it to 40 overs i think the simple way to solve it out is just keep one ball mm. or if there are two balls make them swing you are not keeping two teams in the game all the time that is the problem with odi cricket mm. in test cricket in t20 cricket there are phases that are very important for a side post okay new day first session that is important new ball important reverse swing important in odi cricket it's not there is no such thing now it is two overs of swing and then 48 overs of batting that can't work mm. that is that you are effectively putting one team way ahead of the game as compared to others so if you keep the contest even everybody will watch every format of the game i mean we saw the india west indies two odis mm. they were cracker of a game we saw new zealand ireland series it was a cracker of a series mm. why because the games were even there was an even contest between bat and ball two teams were in the game all the time that is the essence of sport you want to watch two teams battle and not one team smash the other all the time so i think once the administrator sort the balance out between bat and ball in odi cricket i think odi cricket will stay what has to definitely reduce is the number of irrelevant games mm. that uh, now ironically both the new zealand series i think and the india series were not the part of super leagues but they uh, gave us yeah. very good games mm. so you have to put every game has to have context why do people watch epl or uh, ipl because every game has value mm. it's only in the last 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 week or so where you feel that okay now this game is not important uh, it's okay to skip that i think happens too often with odi cricket hmm. that what is the point of this series it's you know it's a world cup it's a 20 over world cup year why are you even playing this series or maybe you you design a league where only the top 7 teams qualify for the next world cup hmm. and then let everybody play everybody and then fight each other off so that then there is competition then there is a level of a uh, battle that okay this series is important if i don't play i will not play the world cup and then the amount for world cup has to be such that okay of course till today touch wood world cups are important mm. so you just have to sell them rightly i think the game is not marketed as much as it should be and uh, once that is correct i think all three formats will be able to stay but there has to be relevance and context to every game if you keep feeding 100 matches in a month people will start to go off hmm. because there is nothing at stake you have to put something at stake and uh, then be it 
टी ट्वेंटी लीग और बायोलैटरल सीरीज एवरीथिंग Now on the same line of thoughts, what are your thoughts on you know Test cricket? Will it last the test of time? Uh, considering you know the growing influence and impact of T Twenty cricket and shorter formats. Uh, the purist in me will definitely say yes, <laughs> and so will the practical answer be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because see, as I said a while back, that every format has its own challenges. Now the point is to sell this challenge to the right guy. uh and the right people now there is always a room to watch a rishabh pant and a cheteshwar pujara bat together hmm. because they both bring different things to the game one can bat time uh, the other can bat time ego boundaries everything so uh, that is the fun about the game i mean we are all different we all think about different things differently and same is the case with test cricket now for you to watch a cheteshwar pujara at his prime you have to watch test cricket hmm. for uh jorut to have a run that is having you have to see him watch play test cricket in the one day in t20 format maybe he hasn't had that kind of a year as like he did in test cricket just recently so i think it is the onus does lie both on the players and the administrators as well because i think the fans will eventually will consume the content if there is good enough quality i think uh the bottom line to all discussion about edit any and every format of the game comes down to the quality of cricket if there is enough good quality cricket good quality players playing uh, good uh, any format of the game people will watch mm-hmm. it is just about you give people quality and they will always be around you right that is a very interesting insight you bring up and uh, recently you know the icc did i think or i think it was leaked somewhere the draft of the ftp that came out and it came under the scanner because uh, of the increase in the number of matches such a jam packed schedule and we even recently saw how ben stokes you know stepped away from the odi format and many people feel they're going to go the ben stokes way considering you know the rising number of matches do you think a lot of cricket is being played and is viewer burnout an actual thing uh i'll definitely agree there is a lot of cricket being played i for once will never complain about it but uh like i said uh, a lot of meaningless cricket is being played hmm. uh, so i think that is the way i'll probably put it uh, i think there has to be a systematic approach from the administrators in terms of uh, prioritizing what is right what is needed uh, everybody wants to make money yes but then there are ways to make money as well now uh for you to have quality cricket over a period of time you will need better teams better pool of players hmm. all of that will only happen when you try them out and you can only try them out in like how say a new zealand or like sorry england or in india are doing right now that uh one team is playing one format the other is playing other format in some other country now it is taken india a lot of time to get there to get to get to this stage now for countries like say west indies or new zealand those where it's not the game isn't that great in in terms of the financial status south africa is pulling out of a potential world cup place to have a t20 league oh. so these are enough signs that there is enough imbalance in terms of the amount of money people have hmm. uh, to sustain the game so eventually what we will definitely see is quality being preferred so it will again come down to the same point that to give people quality cricket and not meaningless cricket once that happens the user burnout will not happen 
because there always there will always be something to look out for and uh, it may sound very idealistic uh, but it is the onus of the top teams to ensure that they play everyone uh, and you know they have to be the big guys i mean you have to be the big uh, uh, person there and say that okay let's play everyone why has australia not hosted bangladesh or why do they don't tour there why have uh, how come india and pakistan play every other tour multi tournament but they can't play a bilaterals now if you can play in a multi tour level tournament there is no reason for you to not play otherwise mm. so there are so many such calls that are being taken which are not good for the greater good of the game now i understand it's one thing to live in a ideal world but practically also all these things are possible it is just managing cricketing managing cricket better so that the right amount of cricket is played in terms of contextual cricket hmm. okay india is playing bangladesh there is something at stake if india don't win they'll not qualify for the world cup if india don't win they'll slip down to the world test championship points table give it context and the franchise leagues will stay because they are taking the game to newer audiences there is a now t natarajan wouldn't have come to the four if not for t20 cricket hmm. so there are multiple such players who coming through david warner is a prime example i mean where he is right now and how did he start he played for delhi before he played for australia yeah so <laughs> you you are going to get newer talents uh, because it is easier to access them via the shorter format of the game so then use that game as a funnel that okay bring more people to the game from t20 cricket and then bifurcate them into okay he is a better odi player he is a better test player and then see every format blossom every player find their own niche because like ben stokes said all three formats are unsustainable they are because it is the amount of cricket that is being played i mean india england played a series one day gap and then you play south africa how is it even humanly possible for people to just think that okay they can turn up and be machines it's not they are not machines they are humans so you have to treat them like them give them breaks Hmm. and uh, again that's also very common notion that why do people need break do wow. you go to an holiday after every two weeks or three weeks and then say that okay i need to chill players need to chill as well hmm. no amount of money can compensate for mental peace it gives you comfort it is just like you are in a better boat than the others but the boat is still in the same lake so you have to be able to respect that part of their lives as well because they are also humans they also need for them to you will not watch them if they are not at their best so for them to be at their best you have to treat players uh, with respect that okay give them break uh, make them play important and best possible form of cricket that they can play hmm. and then you will see the viewership will go up everything will take care of itself absolutely that's such a good point you bring because often you know as fans or even as spectators we tend to think our we tend to you know think of our players as machines just keep going on the autopilot mode yeah. and keep playing it's important to understand that they're humans at the end of the day and they you know to deserve rest and hopefully cricketing boards and administrators can uh, you know make schedules that are more conducive for everyone uh, yeah. involved yeah and yeah. Uh, do you think you know like IPL or your other franchise based leagues do have 
quite you know change the fabric of the sport and in the years to come do you think india will still be finding international cricketers through your grassroots levels like under 19s your domestic cricket or do you think they're going to find more players picked up from you know ipl academies and then become international stars through you know t20 cricket first what are your thoughts on this oh i think it, it depends very largely on the kind of system that you have uh like say for a sri lanka they have school cricket that is the biggest uh way of getting newer newer talents uh, same is i think the case with south africa so uh, it depends from country to country what i will feel that franchise cricket will do and uh, i don't know it might be a bold call i think eventually we might see franchise franchise clubs playing test cricket oh. and i think that will probably be the best possible bit that can happen to the game Hmm. uh because then they have the money they have the reach and say tomorrow if a mumbai indians wants to play uh, test cricket in england they'll have a set of players ready because yeah. they'll put that much effort into that particular uh, grassroots level of cricket that okay uh, i have to set up camps i have to set up scouts i have to send them there so maybe because again this is the job that icc should be doing but hmm. maybe i don't know whether they are interested or not but uh, i think when there is a lot of money involved in terms of franchise cricket i think they might ensure that the quality is always there that the game is growing so that they get newer newer talents hmm. because if two to three franchises are in the same same place everybody will want the best players but there will only be a limited number of them so for them to grow that uh, pool of players i think eventually we might see that happening and uh, See, eventually if it is making players lives better uh, we've heard countless stories of how recently uh, you know franchises have helped their players overcome personal uh, problems in terms mm-hmm. of medical issues or whatever that was during the covid and that's a great thing to see sometimes if boards are failing uh, at least that money is being rightly used that you are catering to somebody's needs and that is the most important thing eventually you are playing a sport but of it you are still a human you will have your own needs hmm. uh, and if everybody can take care of themselves in this model uh, i think you will find players will be more secure uh, they will take the game to uh, more people that uh, you know let's like we, we've also we've already heard a lot of stories about uh, how umran malik was brought to uh, the camp and we've saw uh, we've seen gur gurkirat take a player uh, rakesh kumar i think care net so you will see that happening Mm-hmm. then you will find newer audiences from unknown places you will like oh wow this is a great talent then where that talent goes depend on what is the skill and that ability of that particular person and then they can go from any format of the game to any format of the game but at least you will get newer players and then i'm not too fussed about where it comes from mm-hmm. as long as everybody in the uh, pyramid is taken care of right from the fan to the player i think the game will be fine and uh, as as i said it depends on system to system india has a lot of uh, grass grassroots level programs youth programs hmm. i think that will that every country will have to find a way for their own that okay this is what's working for us and i which is why i said maybe franchise model comes to test cricket as well maybe they might take the onus on themselves that they'll have camps and everything else being organized right that's a really good point you bring and uh, india has been a pioneer you know in uh, bringing about so many revolutions so it will be interesting to see how uh, the ipl model you know develops and 
probably evolves further and uh, you know how do you see you know the growth of technology in cricket and its subsequent impact uh firstly i do feel there's a lot of scope for improvement in terms of using the technology uh i mean recently only we have seen countless examples where the umpires uh take technology and they sometimes don't quite get the right decision made hmm. so i think that is a uh, that is an area where i feel there is always a lot of scope of improvement in terms of uh, what is being offered to the umpires as help in beat ball tracking or whatever that is hmm. uh the if you can make the game better definitely yes you will always welcome technology but i think there has to be a point where you decide what is more important the on field call or the right decision hmm. i think many times uh, the shreyas air dismissal is the perfect example <laughs> uh yeah. that you know there is a technology but you have to be having cricketing logic to that technology use as well how does the ball tracking show the ball that full to go that straight from that angle hmm. I, i don't know i'm not i'm not a scientist or a ball tracking expert here but it just looks bad on viewing Mm-hmm. and maybe you realize that maybe there is where that's where technology can get better uh, you might need better ways to come to a conclusion that okay how is an impact an umpire's call mm-hmm. impact is something that is not not a projection it is it is just there it's there in front of you where where the ball hit him is not an umpire's call mm-hmm. i we don't even know how many times the umpire it was actually the umpire's call maybe the umpire thought it was an inside edge and he didn't give in out he didn't even think about the impact so i think uh, something that we see in tennis that conversation happens that okay why did you give it not out so i thought the ball had hit the pad uh, the bat which is why i gave it not out mm-hmm. so then there is no umpire's call on impact because he was not even thinking about it so i think that uh, communication bit if it if it is better uh, i think the game will get much better uh, i'm not too fussed about the delays in uh, when th- there is extreme conditions in terms of heat and all Hmm. but yeah you will definitely want at least in test cricket 90 overs to be done in a day and then if sometimes it just makes you wonder that there is great sun sunshine but they can't go beyond 6 pm just because of you know that was a stipulated time hmm. i think nobody is going to complain about an extra 15 minutes uh first you don't even need to get to that stage hmm. uh, you have to figure out a better way of getting all those breaks done and still getting 90 overs in so i think these are the small small things that eventually affect the viewership and the interest of people in the game hmm. like people don't want to go out and watch 9 hours but if it's an intriguing battle if it's something that's very fascinating you'll want to watch hmm. what if this is the next 2005 ashes moment and but you are getting robbed of it because there's bad light and uh, because there is not good artificial light i mean so there are like right, so many yeah. such factors where you see you know uh, uh me sometimes feel the game is not helping themselves exactly and you know talking about uh, you know changing things and everything how do you think the icc can you know bring in reforms to make it a more inclusive space for your associations now we don't get to see them as much as your other test playing nations so how do you think the icc can you know go about in making it a much better space for them to uh Uh, firstly i think for that icc has to care uh, <laughs> they have to have the intent firstly to get it done because otherwise it is not going to happen uh, it's very easy to come out and just say that okay it's not financially feasible and all of that but then 
what is the point in so much to the game if you can't take care of the other people that are there in the game hmm. uh and is as i said a while back that it is a responsibility that i also feel is on the uh nations that are up top doing much better financially hmm. that they can take care of the associate nations there is no need for only the icc to do it because they are never going we haven't seen enough proof of them seeming to care about it uh like they also scrapped the super league which was so important to so many associate nations mm-hmm. so just there are just there have just been to so many such decisions that you feel that okay what do they even care so i feel in that sense uh, there can be more tours uh, there can be more a tours uh, in between not in the australia and england but in australia to scotland uh, pakistan to an uh, an ireland something every nation wanting to play each other and trying to help them out take care of them in terms of okay we'll have regular tours we'll have regular matches so that you get to the game you get to know the game better your players get better hmm. you can in, you can have one country being included in every franchise league that these are my home players that will change the game say india can include afghanistan players or uh, any other country players saying that okay you guys can play be part of the ranji trophy why not do that hmm. i mean that's the only way to see it's only if you have the resources you can use it if you don't have it there's we you're only going to think how and when will something like this happen so i feel a lot has to be done in terms of firstly distributing the funds mm-hmm. uh, that the icc get uh, and then to grow the game in different nations i think it will eventually will possibly come down to franchise model only mm-hmm. where uh, we might say we might see uh, bigger brands starting to take care of uh, uh, boards and everything so that they are profitable so and that for now seems to be coming from t20 leagues which is why mm. almost every country now has a very good uh, domestic t20 competition because that's where the cash flow is coming from mm. so maybe that's where you can start to include players that you should have at least one overseas player uh, who is from the associate nations so anything like that will always help because then you are making newer heroes mm. now Paul Sterling is such a great opener but he's hardly he's never played the IPL. Mm. But there are so many countless Australians who've come in and played IPL and they've not looked a part of it. Mm. So it is not the fault of the coaches that they feel that this guy can crack it. But you have to be more inclusive uh even if you are playing your own domestic competition that okay let them come let them register and then the owners have to be that open to that idea that okay this guy is a good guy it doesn't matter where he's from. if he's good you'd get him so i think there is still some time to go for at least the ipl teams to start thinking that openly uh, it is already happening but uh, uh, frankly we haven't seen enough from the icc in that angle so it's really hard to say what they will do exactly because icc is right at the helm and they have the power to do so many things bring about so many changes and also you know cricket has often claimed to be this global game so you know to make it more inclusive for all the nations should definitely be the aim and hopefully you know the icc can introspect and uh, you know bring about immediate changes too now uh, we have spoken at length about men's cricket so let's talk about women's cricket now do you you know closely follow women's cricket and according to you how has women's cricket evolved uh yes i definitely uh, uh do follow a lot of um uh, uh, women's cricket almost every possible uh 
kind of cricket any which ways like the recent t20 i try series got washed out and australia were crowned champions between ireland and pakistan hmm. but you realize that series was not marketed well at all anyway yeah uh, so it kind of befuddles you that okay what are you thinking like the indian team is in uh, birmingham for the commonwealth games but yet all you see is india and west indies india and west indies rohit sharma this that <laughs> everywhere it's not the fault of the uh, it's not the fault of uh, i'm not saying it's not the fault of the players hmm. but the board has to start caring the board has to start showing enough interest in terms of sharing this information with others hmm. are you going to tell me that people don't want to watch jamaima bat i don't agree hmm. you are going to tell people shefali verma can do katherine brent is celebrating dismissing shefali verma like that <laughs> yeah that kid has to be special hmm. and you will you will know it only when you watch it no report no uh, no headline is going to make you watch it you have to watch it to know it hmm. and for you to watch it it has to be accessible like india sri lanka series that day before the series began nobody had any clue where that series will be mm-hmm. it is such a story state of affairs that is the richest board in the world right now cannot even get these things sorted i'm not saying you go and do the uh, math for them but at least take in enough initiative that it is it is sorted ha the point is accountability i think boards are not accountable enough right now towards mm-hmm. women's cricket and which is why again i'm only talking about the indian board because half the time they are sleeping and only doing <laughs> uh things that they, that they should not be doing hmm. but i like say one example of communication how many times have you heard the indian selectors talk about the squad selection literally never that why is richa bhatia not there why is richa bhatia not there on the squad or richa ghosh is not so again sorry you got the name wrong why mm-hmm. why is there not enough explanation that why was jamai madrop Mm-hmm. what is happening why is ramesh pawar giving out such statements which are contradictory mm-hmm. so you have to there is no accountability which means nobody cares about what people are doing in terms of they people they think that okay nobody cares but there are people who are wanting to know mm-hmm. that what is happening why are such decisions been taken so it has come through a lot uh, but if you are saying that this team was a semi finalist a finalist in the recent events you have to be showing more importance to them in terms of what you are doing with them in terms of opportunities mm-hmm. every year you have a, a a a cabinet or a showpiece tournament of uh, 3 to 4 teams and you say that okay we will get to the <laughs> we'll get to the women's ipl we'll get mm-hmm. to the women's ipl are get to the women's ipl start it and then you will see mm-hmm. and if you don't have the bandwidth to do it who in the world is going to have the bandwidth to do that exactly so i think uh, it's all about accountability and wanting to do things better mm. uh hopefully that is done because there is a lot of talent it's uh, it's a country that's obsessed with cricket mm. uh, irrespective of the gender so you go out there you will get the shefali varmas you will get the pooja vastrakas you will get the harlin deols but you have to go out and look for them mm. they they are they are not going to come to you uh, uh because of the state of how the system is exactly i could actually feel the angst you know uh, with your reflections that the bcci can do so much better for women's cricket but i think they are lacking a lot but hopefully you know in the coming years uh, we will see some uh, changes what do you think are some of the structural changes that you know india can bring in their domestic structure or uh, something you know that, that they can imbibe from say australia england new zealand or even south africa for that matter 
uh, one thing I definitely think in this is, is there can be more A twos. Uh, I think I think I just read recently that it it was something that is now being uh, planned. So I think that's a great step uh, that you have to start sending players overseas uh, to get them get better at their skills. That is how you are going to grow the pool. You have a series in Australia. It's just how they do with men's cricket. Just try and do the same with women's cricket in terms of getting, creating that pool of players. Uh, and then you don't have to give the excuse that there are are there enough players. That argument will go down the dustbin because suddenly you will find so many good players are out there. And the only way for them to grow is by giving them opportunities. Mm-hmm. If there is a set, there are only limited number of tournaments that are being played or events that are being covered, how are they going to get better? They'll get better if they go away, they go overseas, they play in different leagues around the world and then they'll get better at their own game and understanding the game as well. Mm. So I think that is something that they can definitely do uh, and also as I as we discussed, the coverage has to be better. Yeah. Uh, the BCCI women handle has to make sense. It is I don't know. It 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 is it just exists for the numbers right now. Mm. But you, it is 2022. This is not even a discussion right now of the number of things that you can do to spread the game, mm. to spread the women's game. You don't even need stupid ads uh, uh, to sell it. Just make a good ad. Tell people uh, that okay, this hum binenge hamare favorite opponents. The same line hundred times, thousand times you will say. On, on TV channels that India is going to play Pakistan, India is going to play Australia. Do tell us why, what is important, what, who are the players to look out for. People will listen to it. Yeah. That the give it importance, build the hype. Uh, I mean, I do. I will. I'll. It will be very high uh, expectations of, of us because they do <laughs> hype men's cricket tournament well. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they want people to do Dulai and stuff uh, in overseas yeah. tours, but. Uh, at least, at least give give them the importance that they deserve. Hmm. They've gone there. Uh, give them at least give them the right to show what they are doing. Now you can't tell me that it. When will they win? It doesn't matter when they win. Hmm. India took so long to win their first World Cup. Does that mean that you don't that you don't do it? Okay, if you didn't have the resources, it might still be accepted that okay, you don't have the enough resources uh, to push this ahead. Hmm. But right now you have. Are in the best possible position to do it. So why not have more A2s? Get the women's IPL rolling, see how it goes along, and then have more regular twos that are covered well. Hmm. You should not be needing people staying up from remote areas to tell you what uh how is Abuja Vastaka shaping up, how is Arenuka Singh doing uh with the new ball. So all that has to come naturally to people. That content will get consumed if you start making it a habit. I think people are just too hesitant to get into that space. Exactly. You know, we do need more people, you know, with such open minds and actually, you know, welcome the uh, women's cricket space into the mainstream thing. And hopefully we will see that in uh, the coming years. But on the same line of thought, I've asked this to a lot of my uh, other, uh, you know, guests too. But do you think the women's game deserves a lot more tests? Like, what is the road ahead that can be adopted? Should we see a World Test Championship for this? Should we see an amping up of uh, more red ball tournaments in the domestic uh, ecosystem of all the countries? Thoughts on the same? Yeah, I definitely think that's a, that's a good start to have, at least in terms of get enough red ball tournaments uh played domestically 
because you see like recently when south africa played england there were so many debutants because they last played ages back hmm. how is this how is it okay i mean you are not doing anything for that game for that format of the game and you are telling me you not you will not get a good game india played one test you saw what happened hmm. so uh, you will get stories you will get heroes out of the game but you need to give them enough chances for it so i think uh, Uh, you will have to firstly start doing that in your domestic circuit where you have enough red ball games you want to start with a three day game do that four day game whatever floats your boat mm-hmm. but just start yeah once they get into a hang of it uh, see everything is a cycle you get more formats you get more competitions you get more players you get a better pool you take better care of them yeah everything takes care of itself it's a cycle unless you don't start the tournament you will not get the players at all so uh, hopefully that will happen and uh, of course why will you not why will i not want to see an easy wong running into bowl to a shafali verma that would be so, so such a good thing to see i want to see how skiver will bowl to harmanpreet kaur in like day 3 day night test why not hmm. these are all the things that you want to see as a cricket fan yeah so uh, the administrators need to have that vision for that absolutely and uh, we've spoken a lot about men's cricket and uh, women's cricket so let's uh, talk about other things now now what are other things that you know you're passionate about besides cricket and how do you just unwind and relax uh thankfully god has blessed me with a very talented daughter uh, <laughs> so the moment i'm not watching a game she's always uh, very active and uh, ensures that there is never a dull moment in my family mm-hmm. so she's effectively my first source of uh, energy and uh, i think i learn a lot from her sometimes when you realize when you grow up maybe we know too many things for our comfort mm. and uh, it's always good to get a bit silly and uh, be a bit more naive and innocent and enjoy the little things in life and uh, so that is the first thing that i do given the state of life that i am in and as i said i do take uh, very uh, regular breaks now mm-hmm. uh, and i love to travel uh, in trains oh. uh, i have a very fascinating uh, uh, bias for going in the side lower berth if you want <laughs> to call it that uh, just watch out of the window and spend your time because mm. those are the only times where i where i'm not interested in watching taking up my smartphone mm. and i think in today's day and age it's a lot of effort to not pick your smartphone for 5 to 10 minutes exactly so uh i think time and time and again uh, i try to try and have a break of sorts where it's okay there is a match mm-hmm. uh, maybe let's take a let's try and take a break sometimes it's forced uh, sometimes it's by choice mm-hmm. but uh, uh, i'm not that socially active which will be an, an oxymoron given uh, i spend <laughs> most of my life on twitter mm-hmm. but uh, like in my prior uh, growing up experiences i'm not very open with a lot of people Mm. but the ones that i'm open with they ask me to shut up so i think it's fair <laughs> it balances out eventually uh, so that's how i go about it uh, i like to travel and spend time with my uh, obviously lovely and supportive wife and daughter mm. and of course uh, the parents we do have regular catch ups now mm. uh, almost every every two weeks so that's a good way to unwind 
that's really nice and uh, you you are very active on twitter you post some you know you tweet some really insightful observations and you know really amazing stuff now how has social media you know played a crucial uh, role in your life and how do you just keep up with all the trends everything that's happening if you know criticism and trolls come your way how do you just deal with everything yeah thankfully i've just possibly stopped tweeting more opinions right now because of the amount of abuse you at times get because of having a very strong opinion hmm. uh, but i think that's part and parcel of the game uh, one thing that i do feel is changed is a lot more people access the internet now when i am busy uh, i i started this all uh, you know thing about giving regular updates and things and all of that when there was not much information available hmm. now there is so much information available that everybody is doing it and and i feel yeah i this should have happened when i was also younger and i had lot more time uh, to you know uh, share all of this information with a lot more folks then hmm. but uh, again i think it's it's just a phase of life that sometimes you have different things at different parts of life yeah. and uh, uh, it definitely has impacted that it is brought more people to the game it's also got a lot of unwanted people to the game who are very happy to just abuse players hmm. uh, so time and again whenever i have a, a position or a place to be that i want to tell people that don't go to and reach out to individual players and abuse them on their profiles hmm. will you like if you had a bad day to get abused on your social media profile no you can have an opinion you can criticize them fine hmm. you have every right to do that but going and getting personal with players is something that we should all always avoid uh, i think we need to respect those boundaries and hopefully that will happen very soon exactly that's such a valid point you know in this world when you can be anything being kind is certainly the way to go ahead yeah. and uh, you know what's on cards next for you do you have any exciting projects do you plan to pen a book anytime soon uh i don't think i have the patience right now to pen a book but uh, yeah <laughs> I I have always imagined uh, a movie being made on my life uh, but again that's wow. only in my mind uh, <laughs> uh, again that's that's how stupid or naive I am but uh, uh, I am actually for now it's as I said it's a bit of a break mm-hmm. uh, I am working with a couple of firms uh, one of them is 12 khiladi and I'm very excited to share the content that I do with them mm-hmm. uh, again those are very honest thoughts uh, on the game and how I feel about it so for now that's the one project that I'm very excited about mm-hmm. and uh, Uh, hopefully let's because now i'm doing freelance uh i'm very picky and choosy in terms of what i want to do uh, uh because i feel a lot of times the ones who are running the show don't know where they want to go hmm. so uh the hr asking me where do i see myself in 5 years doesn't make sense because they <laughs> themselves don't know it how am i supposed to know that hmm. so uh i don't know maybe that will change that will not change i don't know just going with the flow uh so yeah let's see i'm also contemplating whether i should start my own channel uh-huh. uh maybe i don't know it's just too many thoughts right now uh <laughs> let's see how it how it all uh, works out yeah he was anyways hoping the best for you and we'll always be yeah. you know supporting you in any of your uh, ventures and uh, let's you. move on <laughs> to our rapid fire round so are you yeah. ready yes okay so who according to you will be the next big thing in men's and women's cricket uh i think both of them are already a bit uh, good names but i'll stick with rishabh pant and shefali because i think they'll bring in the trophies yes and uh, what's your favorite cricket book of all time 
uh, uh, I haven't read a lot of cricket books to be very honest because mm-hmm. I don't like reading much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, to me, Steve Steve Wall's autobiography is a very good one to. Uh, uh, it's just one of the few books that I've read. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is the MS Dhoni book uh, by Bharat Sundarajan, so that's uh, also a good one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Steve Wall's autobiography was very uh, very good to read. Right. And if there was one law in the world of cricket that you could change, what would it be? Uh, either get back to one new ball in ODIs or make both the new new ODI balls swing. <laughs> okay. And uh, what's your most precious memorabilia, you know, from the world of cricket? Uh, again, it is going to be a very weird or vague answer, but <laughs> it's a tweet, obviously, because I'm uh, very obsessed with Twitter. Okay. Uh, it is a tweet by Davy Jacobs. Uh, uh, Davy Jacobs, South African uh, player. He is part of Mumbai Indians as well. Uh, in 2013, he once tweeted that, uh, you know, I haven't seen anybody as passionate and crazy about the game as Kriptezinix. Keep working hard. Uh, may you get what you deserve. Wow. Uh, and I felt it was very kind, very kind and touching of him. Hmm. And it really... Uh, it's made my life that, you know, if somebody uh, from so far is able to see uh, my efforts and th- this is 2013, um, it was still, the internet was, we still didn't use it as much, as much or how we do right now. Hmm. So uh, for him to see my efforts through that was very, very special. And uh, uh, it is, I will definitely say my most precious uh, memorabilia. Wow. And that does conclude our uh, short and sweet rapid fire round. And before we draw curtains on the episode, uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, or a message for our listeners? Uh, just do follow, subscribe her to every channel. Of course, that is <laughs> goes without saying because uh, my only thing is uh, we didn't have this kind of access to information when we started our careers in this mm-hmm. field but a lot of people today have. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think anybody's taking for granted, but I think there's a lot of good content being created mm-hmm. by a lot of good content creators. So I think they should all be pushed uh, to continue to do that because I think we do need a lot of fresh faces and fresh voices in this field of cricket because only then will the authorities start to listen mm-hmm. uh, because as of now, everything else seems to be falling on deaf ears. So uh Please follow your passion as much as you can and uh, also give the time and uh, respect to people who spend their time and their lifetime to make you happy. Hmm. So uh, that way you cater to everything that you want in life. (laughs) Wow, that's a really good uh, conclusion to this episode. And with that, uh, we draw curtains on the episode. Thank you so much for, you know, taking time off your busy schedule and uh, sharing such lovely insights and thoughts. I'm sure the listeners will really lo- love the episode. And it was an absolute pleasure interviewing you. Thank you so much for doing this once again. Till Until next time, take care and bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast. It really gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never in the back foot on Instagram for the latest facts, trivia, quizzes, terminology and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. 
so please do spread the word also feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated until next time take care and stay safe listeners bye for now Thank you.